Rouge. This episode, the third of the four last things, we take a trip to heaven like Dante. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Friday. <laughs> you have hit play on the Catholic Underground, the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you still the topics that matter. It's episode number 459. For those of you who are following along with us, I'm Father Chris Decker, and I'm back. I'm a <laughs> priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Joining me, we've got Kathleen Higgins. Yeah. Hooray! That's right. You know what that means. It means Kathleen Somarier. She has been married. I have. And, uh, and she's still here. I am. Yeah. Yep, she, that's true. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, Kathleen, welcome. Anytime. In your new I mean, state. Thank you for having me. Right. Yes. Also, Olivia Galino is here as well. Olivia? Yes, what a consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never. No. Oh. We always share the joy being able yeah, to be yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Jeff. <laughs> uh, let's uh, go up to space, I think. Yeah, to the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite and to our very own Jeff Blackwell. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Good evening, Father. Good to be here. Yes, indeed. It sure is. And Ed Ball is in the video cave. He is pulling the levers and flicking the switches to make sure that the video looks as it should. Alrighty, well, if you've been following along with the Catholic Underground the last few weeks, we've been going through the four last things, and so we talked about uh, about judgment. Yep, mm -hmm. did that. Yeah, we talked about death. Did that yes. too. Right, and uh, this week we're gonna kind of go up. Did, now Dante, Dante in his inferno, right? He went to the inferno first, right? Did, I, I can never remember the, oh, the yeah. progression. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he starts so he, in, in, the, inferno, in the Inferno, then the Purgatorio. Purgatorio, Paradiso. And then Paradiso. Mm -hmm. You got that, Jeff? The, the, Check. The mother of Dante. Good. <laughs> because according <laughs> yeah. to Dante, uh, heaven and, like, the, the mountain of heaven is, mm -hmm. like, connected to, like, like the, the depths of hell. And so he ascends to uh, the, like, heavenly mountain through hell and that's mm. a, and of course it's it's worth saying that that's a very medieval way of looking yeah. at the world right that all these things are certainly connected philosophically speaking right. and that's certainly what we believe that all these things make sense logically and that's why the church talks about the four last things not as these separate things but right. that are connected mm -hmm. uh, because they have direct effect on our soul right mm -hmm. and so this week we're talking about purgatory and about heaven so we're kind of uh, lumping in if you will purgatory because purgatory properly properly understood is not hell <laughs> yeah. a lot of folks i think think about purgatory right and they immediately think of a fire yeah yeah and yet uh, that's not that's not exactly what we believe about yeah. purgatory is it it's not diet dr hell diet dr hell. oh wow. man that's that's pretty clever I've, I've, I've heard the the analogy though that purgatory is like uh is like a, a jeweler uh -huh. who heats up his gold yeah. to purify it and refine it to have the, the actual... 24 karat Jeff soul. There you, that, uh -huh. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, and, and I think the word is important. You know, We always have to make sure we get words right. Mm -hmm. Purgatory, well, the word to purge comes from, I mean, that word is, is indicative, it's in mm -hmm. there. And yeah. so, I mean, unlike the really bad science fiction horror films that talk about a purge where just everybody gets obliterated, mm -hmm. no, that's, that's not what purgatory is. Purgatory is actually part 
of the mercy of God, right? It's part of his mercy uh, because God... Bless you. W- that's right, I know. He's, he's yeah. uh, because God does not will the death of a sinner. Right. I mean, we, we, we oftentimes I yeah. feel like we need to say that over and over yeah. again, mm-hmm. is that God is not just kind of sitting with his finger on the button waiting for an opportunity to send everybody to hell. That's not yeah. how it right. works. Well, I don't know how many people like have asked that question, like, why does God send people to hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He don't. Oh, he don't. We yeah. we we make that choice. Like right. it's you know. Yeah. Uh, as I said in my homily today, one of my favorite isms. Right. If you feel like you're far away from God, guess who moved? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. as as Dante would suggest, and we don't want to talk about hell because that's another episode. But the farther and farther away you get from God by choosing your own desires, your own uh, appetites, mm-hmm. well, you're you're choosing this for yourself. In the same way, you're also choosing heaven for yourself too. That's an important thing. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the Lord, because he wills not the death of a sinner, he is constantly drawing us to himself. Mm-hmm. Even, even when a person is in the state of mortal sin, mm-hmm. God is still drawing them to himself, right? That's, and that's, that's how all of this is working. So when we talk about purgatory, we're talking about a purgation, a purification of what needs to happen at the level of the soul mm-hmm. so that we can achieve the joy of heaven so that we can enter into the joy and the fullness of heaven. Uh, And I think sometimes we, maybe it's because we don't have a clear understanding nowadays of of how sin rests in the soul, Mm -hmm. you know, and disfigures it. I know we've talked on the show about the being made in the image and likeness of God. We can't ever not be made in God's image, but we can, we can sully and, and muddy and even kind of chip away at the likeness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, we've mentioned this before, too, in that context that the, the church fathers said that the image is gift, the likeness is task. Mm-hmm. So we can never lose the gift, right? That's always ours, the being the image of God. Mm-hmm. But the likeness is our, our it's, the, it's the reason why we're here, is the reason why we exist in, uh, in this plane, in, the, in this uh, earthly life, is to become more like God with his help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so purgatory is that chance to finish that work right Right. there was something left undone Mm -hmm. right we haven't if we haven't died in a state of being separated from god but there was something left undone that um makes us dislike god right Mm -hmm. not that we dislike him but that makes us unsimilar to god right Mm -hmm. um and so that's that's a you know it's a kind of gap that's left to be filled or a kind of like fullness that's left to be reached right Mm -hmm. like our reservoir isn't quite where it should be. Right, because you know? I think that's the thing, too, is that though we are creatures, to be in heaven means that our soul is as like God as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's what we, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, in his preparation and his Thanksgiving after Mass, talks about heaven as being the fullness of satisfied desire. Yeah. And so when all those, those satisfactions are, are, um, are fulfilled... Then, then we are we are as close to God as we possibly can be. I think sometimes we forget about that too, is that becoming holy doesn't just mean that I can look down my nose at the people who aren't. Right. Yeah. Becoming holy means more and more my soul, my very life, all that I am is being changed more and more and more to be like God. And that's why Jesus Christ is so important for us because Jesus Christ reveals humanity to himself perfectly. And so if we want to know how to become holy, Jesus is the one who provides the, the, the 
the pathway for us. Mm -hmm. Not only does he provide the path through the sacraments of the church, through baptism, through the ways in which God's grace is now being able to be showered upon us, but he provides in himself exactly everything that we not only desire to be, but now have the capacity to be because he has lifted up our flesh. He has raised it from uh, from being uh, kind of put towards original sin, being being uh, enslaved to original sin. Mm. So we talk about purgatory, the official definition, right, is a purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joys of heaven. And that's experienced by those, the Catechism tells us, who die in God's grace and friendship, but are still imperfectly purified. And so if we've died in God's grace, so we talk about the difference between venial sin and mortal sin, huh? that uh, certainly comes to us from the teaching of the apostles in the New Testament, that there are some sins that are not serious, they're, they're, they, they wound our friendship with God, right? They, they wound that friendship, they wound that likeness to God, but they don't eradicate it, they don't completely... Um, disintegrated. Mm-hmm. And then there are some sins by our own choice that, uh, that do that, that, that separate us from God, that actually say, I do not want your friendship, Lord. I, I do not want to be um, showered with the gifts that are necessary for me to become holy, to become a saint with you. And so for those who die in what we would say is a state of venial sin or less serious sin, not not serious sin, because all sin is serious, yeah. right? Not all of it is grave, but but um, there is less serious sin. He says that uh, the Catechism says that this final purification of the elect— that's us who have been baptized, is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. And so there is a notion of, um, of kind of, um, of punishment in the sense of, of a purification. I often think about being put in time out as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because to, to be put in time out means that I'm not going to stay there forever, but I have to go there until my intentions are purified. Yeah. You know, isn't that what parents say? Now I need you to go sit over there for a little while, apart yeah. by yourself, and think about what you've done. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, if you do something wrong, like you're saying, like like imagine a relationship with a friend, right? Like I've yeah. offended my friend. I apologize, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have reconciled with my friend. But that hurt is still there. Yeah. That memory is still mm-hmm. there. And so like that's the kind of stuff that has to be purified. Uh, it remains after even, you know, we, we sin, we go to reconciliation. Like it's that that remains after. Mm-hmm. It's not that my friend hasn't forgiven me and it's not that we're still not friends. Yeah. But I still but have to, I'm still responsible for the effects right. that mm-hmm. my sin caused. Right. And, and not just to that friend, but in the whole human family. Right. Yeah. Because we recognize that, that there's no such thing as a private sin. Yeah. I, I asked some of my high schoolers that a couple of uh, weeks ago. I said, so is there a, such a thing as a sin that's between me and God and nobody else knows about it. Yeah. And they said, well, of course. I'm like, actually, that's no. We, we believe that every sin that we commit, whether in, in the light or in the dark, yeah. um, that every sin that we commit publicly, there is no private sin yeah. because the, the sins that I commit affect the entire family of God, the entire universe, actually. Just as original sin caused everything to be just completely thrown off kilter, mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I whenever I sin, especially a mortal sin, I'm doing the same thing. I am I am kind of throwing everything off. Yeah. 
And so whenever um, I'm forgiven from my sins in the sacrament of reconciliation, which is God working through the ministers of his church, because he knows that we as human beings need to have incarnational ways to be reconciled to him, ways that we can see and touch and feel and hear and taste. And so the sacrament of reconciliation is using his priests uh, to, to, um, to kind of speak with his voice. And he uses the priest also as a minister of the Holy Spirit to call down the Holy Spirit to forgive those sins. And so once the sin is forgiven, it is indeed forgiven. It is cast into the ocean of God's mercy. It is forgotten as well. I think sometimes we forget that, is that God forgets our sin. It's not like he's just kind of sort of choosing not to remember it on the down low. No, he has forgotten our sins when we confess, when we are contrite, and whenever... Um, we are absolved. Yeah, it always bothers me like when people are like, oh, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. Mm. I'm like, okay, yeah. but that's not, that's, that's certainly not, a not what God, yeah, yeah, that's certainly not what God does. He doesn't thing. say, look, I'll forgive you. Right. I'll never, and I'll never forget because I'm eternal. No, right. okay. No. Yeah. That's not how it works. Exactly. And, and the thing about it too is that because we're humans and we do have memory, and, uh, you know, we have the ability to, to hold a grudge and things like that. Yeah. Uh, the holy thing is to be able to say, even though I have a memory, even though I have been wounded by it, I'm not going to live out of that memory. Yeah. You know, that's what we as human beings uh, have to do just because we're linear. But, uh, but one of the things that we, we recognize is that even though God does forgive and forget, we are responsible for the effects that our, sin ha- our sins have. We're responsible for making satisfaction for the effects of all of our sins. And I think that's one of those misunderstood things in our society today is that I am responsible for the effects that my sin have. Whenever, whenever I speak ill of somebody and I gossip about them and, and it, uh, it gets out, you know, um, and it spreads like wildfire, and before I know it, I have created this, this huge thing. I'm responsible for every soul that that sin touched and even the ones I don't know that it did. Yeah. And so I have to make amends in some way. I have to repair that. And so we call that the temporal punishment due to sin. The repairs that I have to make, if I do not do that in this life, I do have to do it in some sort of state of being before I can enter into the presence of God. And so the state of temporal punishment due to my sin, due to the effects of my sins, Mm -hmm. is purgatory. Yeah, and I I like Jeff's image earlier of... um like like a Purifying fire gold. yeah mm-hmm. like in, in metals and and, and that, that's the the image i use when i teach about purgatory because mm-hmm. when you think about it like god is he's the holy one right he's the holy fire and we know that because you know we look at the angels and what we know mm-hmm. about the angels the seraphim the highest level of angels are called like seraphim in hebrew means burning ones mm-hmm. they're burning because they are Near. so close to god right <laughs> yeah. even like c.s lewis when he's talking about hell he's like it's it's the love of god that lights up the fires of hell because they know the absence of the fire of God, right? Like, so there's all this imagery of fire. Think of like the Holy Spirit, right? Our images for the Holy Spirit. So like, if we come close to that fire, anything that is impure in us is going to be singed away, mm-hmm. right? So that's why like purgatory is not this separate, you know, waiting room. It's not like this separate state of uh, afterlife. Like you just, you, you have one of three places you can go. Like, no, like it's, it's a preparation for heaven, but it's yeah. like before I approach the fire... Yeah. I have to make sure that I'm ready, right? That's and God right. wants to make me ready. Yeah. And it's just being in close proximity to God that makes me ready. It's funny. We don't think of uh, heaven as a place of fire. Right. But but in a sense, it is, right? 
heaven is a place where where we are joined to the holy fire. Yeah. And and so we have to be pure to burn pure, yeah. if you will, w- for our entire lives. Yeah. Rather than to burn in the fires of hell, which are fires that that bring about pain and bring about suffering. Yeah. Because if you think of it, it's a, I mean, uh, just using kind of Tolkien esque language, it's a dark fire. It is a right. You know, it is it is an it is an absence of uh, of holiness. Well, I mean, to use Dante again, um, he t- he. Dante is the one who refers to hell as a place of coldness. That's right. right? Yeah, where, for where him, Satan hell is, is not frozen. Hot. It's yeah. frozen. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is just eerie. Yeah, right. Well, because fire is uh, is active, and there's yeah. you know the, the potency is being actualized, and when something is frozen, yeah. there there is uh, the potential is gone. The the actuality yeah. is gone. Yeah. And according to him, it's not only frozen, but it's silent. Oh yeah, right. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, that's really what hell is. Hell is being completely. Um, alone yeah knowing god exists and being unable to experience him because you have chosen it for eternity whereas heaven is the fullness of satisfied desire Mm -hmm. where we are aware just in the as in the garden of eden before original sin we are aware of god's presence we experience god's presence and uh and we are every moment of eternity kind of entering more fully into God's presence. And so purgatory is actually a time of great hope. Mm-hmm. And it's important to also note that purgatory is temporary and purgatory is not a is not going to be a forever state of being. Yeah. You know, I think it, purgatory is not just going to be around forever. It is actually a um, shall we say it's a stopgap mm-hmm. so that as many souls as possible uh, in the mercy of God can be purified to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. And that in of itself is a sign. I always say to people, so I don't believe in purgatory. My first question is like, okay, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Like which Dukes of Hazard special, you know, <laughs> did they mention it? And all of a sudden you've decided you don't believe in it. Um, but, but it is a sign of God's mercy. It's a sign that God loves you, that he doesn't want you to be lost for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. And the only way that you can be lost is if you stop trying to be with him. Yeah. You know, that's the only way. Uh, one of the things that we, we need to not stop trying to do is to remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. That's right. We are the Catholic Underground, and we're online all the time at catholicunderground.com. And I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Higgins. Uh-huh. <laughs> Olivia Galino. <laughs> Up in space is Jeff Blackwell and Ed Ball. We're talking about purgatory and uh, moving into heaven. And heaven, of course, probably could take up three episodes. Yeah. It really could. Yeah. You know, I, want to, I wanted to say something. Yeah. I was realizing as you were talking about, as we were talking about this image of, of, of hell being cold mm-hmm. and silent. As an adult, I've had like a growing fear of um, like space movies <laughs> and yeah. like like the wide open sea mm-hmm. mm. like there's just one movie that came out a couple of years ago with i think george clooney and sandra bullock i don't i don't watch it because it was like they had drifted off into the into space uh-huh. and i was like mm-hmm. no 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 and i was like why do i but i think it's because the more a healthy of a, fear of hell yeah i i as you as we were talking about it, i was like Ooh, this yeah. is yeah. like some like yeah. counseling and it's stuff funny because right normally <laughs> it could be yeah um it's normally normally when we think of um of calm, mm-hmm. we think of, of of tranquility and peace, and that's the thing. The the peace of heaven 
is at the same time active and uh, and vibrant and vibrant and and beset with community. I mean, yeah, the communion yeah. of saints. And so, if you can imagine being completely fulfilled in the same way that a um, you know, like a, a day at the spa or whatever yeah, kind of recharges yeah. you, that recharge happening at every moment yeah. uh, for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas hell, the, the, the quiet of hell is not a quiet that brings peace, but rather it is that that suspenseful, terror-inducing, uh, yeah. yeah, well... We won't talk about hell just yet because nope, not uh, yet. we're going to begin. A little spoiler alert for now. I know. We're going no, to begin on the top of the mountain. I'm looking at that show going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. So, yeah. So what what is heaven? I mean, oftentimes, you know, we get these senses uh, from popular culture that heaven, I guess also 16th century Rococo paintings, <laughs> but we get this sense that heaven is, is in a cloud. Yep. Yes. You know, with a man with a beard, with a man with a beard, mm-hmm. yeah, and St. Peter's got a and got a podium. Yeah, we're all in line at the podium. We're all in line, mm-hmm. um, waiting and, to be told. That's right. Ooh, you're either in or you're out. So. That's right, and that's and that's interesting too, because uh, as you remember from your reading and previous episodes, judgment is pretty much immediate. Yeah, yeah. right after death, mm-hmm. right? It's it is not Peter it is immediate. Who does it. It's not Peter that does it. It is our Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Who is willing to be our advocate, but we've got to give him a case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so when we talk about about heaven, heaven properly understood is beatitude mm-hmm. with God forever. Which just means happiness. happiness yeah. That's right. And blessedness. And isn't it interesting that as Jesus begins his public ministry, what he begins with are the Beatitudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blessed are you if you mourn now, for mm-hmm. one day you will laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blessed are you. If you are pure in heart now, because you will see, see the God. face of God, you'll see God. And we we forget that we can begin to live heaven now. Yeah. Just as we can begin to live hell now, and just as we can atone for our sins now, and not in purgatory, not have mm-hmm. to do this in purgatory, we also can begin to live heaven now. And mm-hmm. that's what God wants for us, beatitude yeah. with God forever. Well, and that's what, to, to speak on that for a second, like the, the idea that eternal life begins now or it can be participated in now, like that's what the sacraments are. Absolutely. You know, like we, the importance of baptism is that it, yes, it heals the wound for original sin. I feel like that you ask mm. people like, what is baptism? And like, so that's what they always say. And yes, absolutely. But it's God sharing his divine life mm. with us. And so mm. eternal life, I mean, your soul is immortal, so your eternal life starts at your conception. But mm-hmm. like, eternal life begins again at baptism yeah. because we're not closed off, right, right? Um, from it's God almost, and from so participating. The in his gates life. of heaven that were closed in original sin are now thrown open in baptism, yeah. and because God always His love overflows, His very desire for us to be with Him overflows, it begins to spill past the gates into our lives. And the sacramental life is where the gates of heaven begin to touch the things of earth at yeah. the altar. Mm-hmm. And and that, that we can begin to experience that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, the, the, I guess, strictly theological definition of like, what is heaven? It's like, well, it's beholding God face to face. Mm-hmm. And you can almost like hear the next question in everyone's minds like, forever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. What? Uh-huh. That's, yeah. Oh. 
But it's like, I mean, think about it, and, and every analogy is going to fail, right? Because we can only think of things in human terms in mm, this life. But right. it's like that look you have of like looking at the one you love and they love you, right? Mm-hmm. And that that look that's like you never want to look away. You yeah. never want that moment to end. And you don't have to. And you don't have to because it doesn't, right? There's not an expiration date. Um, and so it's, it's knowing uh, who God is, mm-hmm. but... God is everything, right? God is, uh, he is the source of all being. He's the source of all love, all truth, all goodness, all beauty. So it's like every happy moment you've ever had, every birth of a new baby, every beautiful sunset, every song that made you cry was so good, every delicious meal, everything that is good and true and beautiful wrapped up into one thing and then exploded times infinity. Mm -hmm. That is what we behold. And so there's never like a, well, there's never like an ellipsis on our happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, it, it lasts for now, but mm-hmm. it's going to end, yeah. you know? No. One day we're going to get tired of just looking at Jesus. Right? That's yeah. not how it works. Right. No, no, it's not possible. Yeah. We, yeah. we again, because we're finite, we yeah. tend to think, we get tired of things. Yeah. Well, know, I think I've used this before. We're I eternally talk, ADD. Yeah. I tell my students all the time, it's like trying to understand the ocean in a cup. Mm-hmm. Like, so now in my class, when we, we had, we've had this conversation it, it never goes well, but right. we've had this conversation, you yeah. know, and I'm always like, ocean in a cup, mm-hmm. ocean in a cup. Like if, if if we're trying to understand, I can't tell you, mm-hmm. like I can't tell you that I can't tell you the extent of what it's going to be because we cannot fathom it, you right. know. And Nor can I solve the mystery for yeah, you, right? Because that's not how mysteries work. And mm-hmm. that's such a hard thing to to fathom, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's difficult. And it's supposed to be like, you know, yes, heaven is a mystery, right? We know that, like, we are assured of the saints in heaven, right? That's why they are called the saints. They are sanctus. They are holy, right? Because they share in the holiness of God. But, like, ultimately, like, you're right. Like, it is, like, what it's like, you know, quote, unquote, is kind of a mystery. We'll talk about some of those things after the break. But, um, but it's, it's basically like the relationship that we were always meant for with God brought to eternal fulfillment, right? And so, like... The, all of the suffering, the death, um, pain that we experience in this life, um, and we're kind of like sustained by momentary pleasures, right? By like little glimpses of like, oh, that was a happy day, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, if you notice, like that's the stuff that people remember. People are always like, oh, this was that was such a good day. That was such a happy day, right? Yeah. Those are the things that sustain us because we're meant for that eternal happiness. Yeah. And so, yeah, like we can't fill in all those gaps of like, you know, what are we mm-hmm. gonna do, quote unquote? But we know what it is. Yeah. 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 How awesome is it there to say like, <laughs> none of this stuff we're not doing it any of this stuff that you know like that we have to do on a daily basis like we're not doing all that you know um just to be in the present like and that and that is a a foreign idea as well like to be in someone's presence can you just be yeah in someone's presence we don't do that like if if i were to come over to your house Either either you or I would want to be doing something. Can I help you in the kitchen? Right. Can I cook you something? Can I, you know, like, yeah. we can't just be. Can't and just that's, that's, that in and of itself is a foreign idea as well. Just, that's true. You know, and to find happiness in that, mm-hmm. you know, because eventually we'd be like, want to go see a movie? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's right. Yep. And that's the thing is is we we are constantly called, especially in the life of the church, to to continually look and and uh, go deeper into the things of heaven, so that we can have this desire for it, and so that we can begin to have a hunger for that. You know, I, I remembering one day that we will die. 
also means remembering that we are headed towards heaven. That's the direction we want to go. And the more we can have an anticipation for that, the more we perhaps won't get bored with the idea that it would be forever, you know, because um, we're finite. And one thing that's finite is this part of the break. But stay right where you are. Catholic Underground continues after this. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Ladies and gentlemen, to all of you, from all of us, it's the Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Higgins. That's true. Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell, Ed Ball, and a cast of thousands, all of you who join us uh, via podcast, via television, and via internet. We're always happy that you do. Mm-hmm. We're talking a little bit about uh, purgatory. Actually, we're talking a lot a bit about purgatory and heaven and what it's like. And so as we've kind of introduced the notion of the beatific vision, as St. Thomas Aquinas calls it, right? Being able to be in the presence of the one who loves us. Uh, We are the beloved. God is the lover. And what he sees in us for eternity is what he sees and loves in his son, Jesus. And the more and more we make ourselves to be like Jesus by by responding to his grace, by living the life um, of holiness, by receiving the graces given in the sacraments, those things transform us more and more and more so that when God looks at us, he sees his beloved son. Yep. That's... That's actually a preface, one of my favorite prefaces in uh, in the Mass, yeah. that you may see and love in us what you see and love in your Son. Yeah, like and so we've talked about that. Uh, so what about heaven itself? Philosophy has for a long time meditated upon this. Mm-hmm. And so what will heaven be like? Yeah. And one of the first questions that often comes up is, well, will we have bodies? Are we just going to be like, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo ghosts floating around? Yeah. Um, in a disused fairground. Well, I mean, what is it? Will, will in fact, will we in fact have bodies? What, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes and no. <laughs> so um, this is so funny because like I, I, I teach a philosophy elective to some seniors and um, this is one of the things that comes up because we talk about like, you know, ways of understanding the body philosophically and everything. Um, so we understand um, as part of like our... Um, like the philosophical underpinnings of our faith is we understand that we are a body soul composite, meaning that like you are not a soul that has a body and you are not a body that has a soul, but that your soul cannot and does not exist without your body. It was not meant to exist without your body, I should say. And that your body cannot exist without your soul. Right. Um, And that if you, you know, theoretically could even like take my soul and put it in Kathleen's body, it would neither be Kathleen nor Olivia. (laughs) It would, it would be nothing. So (laughs) it would, yeah, you can't do that. Um, so to say, so 
we were always meant to have a body, but because of sin, the, the consequence of sin is death, right? Um, and so death means the separation of body and soul, but that's never what we were intended for, right? So um, that's why after we die, um, before Jesus comes again, right? And that's the, the period of salvation history that we're in. Um, after we die, um, we are separated from our bodies, but it, there's, there's always this like longing to be back in the body. <laughs> Right. Because like that's what we're meant for. Um, And so even though, yes, like other than Mary and Jesus, the souls in heaven right now um, do not have their bodies. Right. Um, But even if you look at like I love the the witness of the incorruptible saints. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the saints who are like only part of them are incorruptible. Right. It's a sign that like, no, like they're meant for their body and that like heaven knows about their body. You know what I mean? Um, I've never really thought of it that way, that. Of course, God knows about our bodies. And so one of the ways that he wants to show a foretaste of Mm -hmm. what will come next is that some of the saints who were uber holy, uh, their bodies are able to be kind of a a hyper sacramental for us, a, a hyper symbol of what's to come. Yeah. And um, and yeah, that like what is to come is the resurrection of the body, right? We say so, it every every time we every, say the creed. Yeah, and it's always funny that like you know you, I say that to my students, both like of any age, right? I say that to my students, like, well, we say this in the creed, like this is something that we believe, we profess mm-hmm. it every Sunday, and I'm like. They'll like kind of say it to themselves and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, we do. We, like, we do say that, yeah. 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 Oh, okay, it's even in the that. Apostles' Creed, too, in one of the earliest creeds of the church. Yeah. The apostles themselves would have believed this. Yeah. And it would have come certainly from a, uh, shall we say, a redeemed vision of Sheol. Right. A redeemed vision of the abode of the dead. Right. Yeah. So, um, because Sheol kind of ceases to exist after the, uh, Jesus rises from the dead because the the gates of eternal life are opened, right? That's There's right. not just this general abode of the afterlife, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah. So sorry, like, Greek tragedies. Sorry. Yeah. Well, they were writing before Jesus. They, they so were Most indeed. of them. So, you know, we'll <laughs> yeah. give them a break. Um, but yeah, so the answer is like yes and no. Like you are always meant to have your body and in heaven post judgment mm-hmm. you will have your your body back um in, in heaven a glorified body in hell a body experiencing torment um but you are always meant to have your body correct yeah. and that's uh, and that is one of those those areas of conjecture that we have to say we know that we will have a glorified body in heaven yeah we don't exactly know what that's going to be all about we don't no. yeah like does it, are you a certain age mm-hmm. yeah like, pious you, tradition yeah. says 33 Right. There is a there is a pious tradition that says that all of us will be the same age as Christ uh, whenever he died and rose. Which is kind of nice. It's a neat, it's a neat was idea. was a good year. It's a good yeah. year? Yeah. yeah. Well, I always get excited when people turn 33 because it's, I call it their Jesus year. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's your Jesus year. You better be like. That's right. Be like Jesus. Year. Yeah. I, hmm. I haven't gotten there yet. I, I, I don't remember 33, honestly. As he scratches was, the gray in his beard. <laughs> that's right. I don't remember what I was doing at 33. But I do remember thinking about it being the Jesus year. I hmm. met my beloved. Uh, oh, I, really I see. Well, there you go. You. That was a good year. That was a good year. I waited long and hard for that one. Well, one thing that we don't do know about what will not happen in heaven, um, will I become an angel? And this is a common thing, especially when yeah. we're attempting to comfort those who have lost loved ones. Yeah. And, and as a priest, certainly I hear it a great deal is that, well, God gained another angel when my yeah. loved one died. And while that's a, um, a nice, pious sentiment of talking about the nearness of God, because yeah, we right, talked right, about right. that, that the angels have a nearness to God, so sure. much so the seraphim are 
are are burning. Um, they're they are scorched with the the divine fire. Um, that's actually when it comes to us as human beings. This is not what we believe about ourselves, right. mm-hmm. because as we believe, and we've talked about it before, that each angel is its own species, yeah. and an angel can't be a human because it's not. An right. angel is an angel is an angel. An angel is what he, an angel is what it does, Yeah. right? Yeah. Ah, good, phew. <laughs> uh, but as human beings, we are part of the species human, yeah. right? And, and as such, uh, we can't become something other than human. Right. Whenever we, whenever we die, we believe that just as we are human now, we will be human after mm-hmm. we die. We'll be human beings. God made us to be human beings. Yeah. And so one of the things that we do not believe is that we or our loved ones become angels. Right. Now, Which doesn't lessen any, like, you know, because people are like, yeah. you know, I've, I've heard people... You know, I've, when I've talked about it, you don't become an angel. They're like, what? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of disappointing. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, like, like, it doesn't make you any less, you know, well, yeah. of anything. Well, I know? think when we think about, about holiness, right. oftentimes we think of, of the angelic mm-hmm. choirs because that's how we see them depicted in art as those mm-hmm. who are near to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we want for our loved ones. In fact, any time that I've, I've counseled and, and uh, been with those who have, who have lost loved ones, they're trying to find a way to, uh, to suggest that their loved ones are in the presence of sure, God. Right. And I think sometimes we forget our dignity as human beings. The very thing that made Satan choose to distance himself from God for eternity. Remember, because Satan is an angel, Mm -hmm. he and his other apostate angels fell from heaven because they refused, they refused to serve humanity. Yeah. They refused to serve humanity. They they, they told God, I will not serve because we're higher than they are. Mm Mm-hmm at least for a little while, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing. And so whenever we talk about somebody dying and, and remaining human, actually our capacity to be near to God is, is of a higher degree mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And when you think about it, like, yes, the angels are the, um, you know, the helpers of God in some sense, mm-hmm. right? The messengers, right? Angelos. But, their their fundamental role is to help God in creation, right? right? And and there are certain angels that you know they all have different functions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, e- creation is really like geared towards that relationship of God and humanity, right? Of yes, of God with creation, but we are the highest of material creation, yeah. right? And so, yeah, like the angels in like the hierarchy of being, yeah, are higher than us because mm-hmm. they're pure spirit, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they are not. It's not like oh, we haven't leveled up enough, right? right? Like, we're not really going to be like God unless we're like an angel. No, like, you are created as human and you have, like, angelic help, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not as if that, like... Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think we, we think too much in terms of like equality, right? Like mm-hmm. like everything yeah. has to if, be like equal to each yeah. other, or yeah. else like and if anything's lesser, it's it's not as good. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? And I should be able to be like that. Yeah, I, sh- I should yeah, be able. It's, to it's gain kind of the management yeah. pyramid yeah, yeah, of yeah. of heaven. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we really think about like what our glorified body will be like mm-hmm. in heaven. I mean, there are sort of like angelic properties to I mean, think about sure. like Jesus post resurrection. Like yeah. he's walking through walls, right? Right. Um, he's like just kind of appearing and disappearing, right? Um, so I mean it's not like 
there's there won't be like a a, a a dearth or a lack of you know I don't know something cool about our existence right. Um, right. in heaven you know we, we won't be without anything that we were intended for or anything that we need right that's right it reminds me of the uh, the, the four properties of the glorified body mm-hmm. that Saint Thomas Aquinas talks about um, in uh, in his Summa Contra Gentiles he says the the thus also will the body be raised to the characteristics of heavenly bodies it will be lightsome so it'll mm-hmm. be clarity right mm-hmm. it will be incapable of suffering impassable um, without difficulty and labor in movement agility and it will be perfected by its form mm-hmm. it will be uh, subtlety and and those are the things whenever the apostles talk about the bodies of the risen as heavenly um, is referring to their glory, right? That they're that they're lightsome, they're impassable, they're agile, and they're subtle. Yeah, I remember talking to another priest of our diocese once, and um, somehow this came up, and he was like, "Yeah, it's like that song, like we will run and not grow weary." <laughs> right. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah." Yes, we will. We will run and not grow weary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll Goodness. fly like the eagles because. We don't have to worry about actually having wings. Exactly. You know? Yeah. We won't need them. We won't need them at all. I had a pretty nice pair picked out. Just saying. You did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, good. You can uh, you can wear them on your arm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Or on Halloween. So, or on, ha- or on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what a glorified body would do at Halloween yeah. because you're already hallowed. Yeah. You know. You don't have to worry about a vigil of Halloween because it is fulfilled in heaven. Every day is actually All Saints Day in heaven. Hooray! Right. Just, just saying. Like, this, is we getting, have to, this is getting way better than I could have imagined. We, we have to have a liturgy to, to anticipate yeah. it. You'll actually yeah. be there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, you know, we, we've kind of dealt with the, will I become an angel? No, because you don't need to become an angel yeah. in heaven, right? That's the thing. You, are, you have all of these glorified qualities to, um, to your body whenever it is restored in the fullness of time, as, as the first Advent preface says, when all is at last made manifest. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. So we actually dive into the book of Revelation to talk about heaven as well, because as we know that uh, the, the book of Revelation is a vision by John, the beloved disciple of, uh, of a liturgy, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we talk about the Mass as this kind of image of the book of Revelation. Well, what the Mass is doing here on earth is it's imaging a heavenly liturgy. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about what heaven's like, a lot of the images that we get come from that book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful it is that our Lord in his wisdom gives us this kind of sneak preview, not only of the past of salvation history coming about, right, but the Our Lady doing battle with the dragon and winning, mm-hmm. but also telling us in a sense about ourselves, mm-hmm. we, we as, uh, as believers, as the elect. And so when we talk about, um, about heaven, Revelation chapter 21 mm. gives us um, a little a vision, right, uh, of, of streets being paved with gold, mm-hmm. um, because the text says the street of the city was pure gold, transparent as glass. Well, that is, of course, a paradox. Yes. And why shouldn't it be? Because we're talking <laughs> about something that our human eyes can't quite figure out. Yeah. And I always love that in, in scriptural writing, whenever... Um, we see a paradox like this. It's pure gold, transparent as glass. We then begin to see something of the mystery of a relationship with God, mm-hmm. that, that God is, is something that, or God is someone who is at the same time knowable and unknowable. Mm-hmm. You know, he is one who is, who is infinite 
and yet allows himself to become finite uh, in in the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know, contained. And so whenever we talk about heaven, we also have to use those paradoxical yeah. words mm-hmm. uh, to, to describe how beautiful the state of being is, yeah. this this place is. Yeah, yeah. sometimes, you know, when I, when I talk about these things that, you know, are hard to understand, and, you know, I, I always think back, and I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show, one of the greatest things Father Chris ever told me was that at some point, that's what faith is. Mm. You know, I remember one time talking to him about, you know, about when I was young, about having just some serious doubt. And he was like, listen, that's what faith is. Mm. At some point, you just got to, you just got to jump off the cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to, you just got to believe. And so that's when, you know, I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in those. Yeah, but it says this and this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't understand. And that, that's the greatest point because I'm just like, I don't understand it. But that's, yeah, right. that's what and, I believe. And right in the middle of that where, where you kind of go cross-eyed a little bit, yeah. that's exactly where where the Lord dwells. He dwells at the, the meeting point of that paradox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I mean, I don't know about you, but that's exactly what makes me want to continue the lover's chase. That's yeah. what makes me want to say, okay, Lord, I really messed up. This past 24 yeah. hours, I did not do well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I long to be in your presence, and I long to understand what it is to know a city that is pure gold and clear as transparent glass, yeah. you know? Um, we also get the, the sense of, uh, of something that is very confusing to us because Jesus, whenever he talks about uh, about the end, as he has been doing in um, the when we get to the Gospels at the end of the liturgical year and the beginning of Advent, he talks about the heavens and the earth being shaken. And the book of Revelation speaks about a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. And he even uses the image of a restored holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from heaven. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's really beautiful, too, is what God truly wishes for us to know about himself that's personified in his son, is behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. Yeah. That's where we see our true worth. Yeah. Our true worth is as God's beloved children, mm-hmm. as those he intended to create, yeah. and he wants all good things for. And he knows, he knows what gives us joy. He knows what completes us. He knows... Um, what delights our eyes and our senses. And so if you can imagine the delights of your eyes, the mm-hmm. delights of your ears and your and your tastes and all of those senses um, being completely fulfilled by God where there is now no need for a filter. Yeah. Well, and what I love too about it is, you know, you think back to Genesis, right? Genesis and Revelation, read them together. That's my advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look back to Genesis, excuse me, and... It's, it says that, you know, they're, they're put in the Garden of Eden, mm. right? But Eden is God's home, yes. right? Eden yeah. is heaven, essentially. And so they're, in, they're living in God's garden, mm-hmm. right? So think about, like, your garden, your yard, right? It's attached to your house. So that's why, like, you know, even in Genesis 3, when like, God comes looking for them, mm-hmm. right? They know the sound of God's footsteps because they've walked with him. Yes. They've gone on walks in the garden. Yeah. And so there's a sense of heaven and earth touching, mm-hmm. right? And very much melding together in the beginning but then because of sin it couldn't be that way right? right god drove them out of the garden not because he was just like get out i don't want you here anymore but because if they touched the tree of life in their state of sin then that's what that's what they would have been that would have ratified their their sin their separation from god forever and god mm-hmm. didn't want that mm-hmm. so there's now this separation between heaven and earth 
Jesus opens that back up. And so like when we see this in Revelation 21, it doesn't just say that there's going to be this new Jerusalem, but that the new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be like this retouching, right? This remelding of heaven and earth together. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, right? Um, Everything on earth will be recreated and to be, you know, without death, to be without suffering, to be without sin. But they will they will touch again, mm-hmm. right? That that communion, not just of like us and God, but of all creation together. Right, and and that's also why whenever we hear in the Book of Revelation that God's dwelling is is among men, that's why we say that heaven and earth touch at the mass at yeah. the altar, because it is upon the altar that the foretaste of heaven, that that bringing together of of the heavenly, and and the earthly is is most especially in the body and blood soul and divinity of our lord jesus and so we don't just get to kind of gaze into heaven though it's veiled by the sacraments but we also get to taste heaven yeah you know and and because our human sensibilities can only taste bread because our human sensibilities can only see what looks to be a small little thin wafer of flour and water the taste for us is not yet completed the taste for us actually draws us onward because we we have to how should we say we we have to taste through the eucharist with faith mm-hmm. you know and and that is that is one of the most one of the greatest gifts i think of of the sacramental life of the church is that we have the ability to kind of sort of begin to feel this out with eyes of faith mm-hmm. and that's why most people that that have the, these deep devotions to the eucharist um, are are at once they we know that this is where I need to be but at the same time we're like man but I I can't quite get there like yeah. I, I know it is him but I can't quite see him as I wish to see him with uh, with with eyes that are unveiled yeah. you know and so in heaven um, we will we will be with God he will dwell with us and we shall be his people that was always God's wish in the Old Testament. After original sin, whenever he makes uh, his, his uh, promise to Abraham and to Moses, it is always, if you live my commandments, I will be your God and you will be my people. He has always told that to us. And Jesus even says that in John's Gospel. Is, I don't want to lose any of the ones you've given me because our citizenship is in heaven. Mm-hmm. From it we await a Savior, and that's what God wants. Is there going to be uh, pain in heaven is always a question, too. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the short answer is no. Nope. There will not be pain in heaven because pain uh, is a consequence of original sin. Sickness, death, those are consequences of original sin. And so we have to know toil in our work. We have to know pain whenever we stub our toe. We, we have to know pain whenever relationships are broken. And we, we have to know um, the difficulties of experiencing things like cancers and aneurysms and all of these things that, that were not the original intention. God did not, does not desire them. Mm-hmm. Those do not exist in the hereafter. And that's also, I think, too, um, when, when people experience pain in this life and they experience the redemptive suffering that Jesus Christ teaches us is possible. I have seen people that are closer to heaven in my work as a priest um, who are experiencing great pain uh, because they are doing it not only heroically but with, with, uh, with tremendous, tremendous hope. Yeah. More so than I have, you know, and, and all I have to worry about is like, you know, my back aching at times, you know. Yeah. And so it, it, nowadays, even pain itself 
can be a place where heaven and earth begin to touch. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is something that is worth noting. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus shows us the power of redemptive suffering, we can become, in a sense, an altar for him to alight upon. For, for the new and heavenly Jerusalem to begin to manifest itself in our lives. Because remember, we can begin to live heaven now. And one of the ways that we can begin to live heaven is to heroically make our journey through the pains of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, I, um, I once took a class by, I took several classes uh, by Dr. Brant Petrie. And mm-hmm. I remember he blew my mind when we were talking about suffering. And he said, you know, I've, I've made directives that, you know, any kind of pain medication, if there mm-hmm. was ever, you know, uh, an instance where they wanted to kind of just knock me out with pain mm-hmm. medication. It's like, I want the very minimal. Mm-hmm. He said, because if not, you've robbed me of, of, of the suffering and, mm-hmm. and what can come from that. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Yep. You know, uh, you know, cause I'm, you know, shoot, I need a band aid. I'm like, put me out. <laughs> you know? uh, but, but that idea. Yeah. Of, and, of, and we're taught to seek pleasure and avoid pain right. mm-hmm. all the time. And uh, the truth of the matter is, Jesus shows us that seeking pleasure and avoiding pain um, to, to an exponential degree actually yeah. can be our undoing because, yeah. because we do have the ability to intercede for others while we're suffering. I always tell when I go to anoint somebody um, who I know is in a lot of pain, I say, please pray for me because the, the pain that you're experiencing is a powerhouse of prayer. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you can actually begin to experience heaven in the, even in the midst of pain. Yeah. And I've seen that in the eyes of people that I've ministered to, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, will I know everything in heaven? That's a yes and no, right? It's a yes and no. Yeah, uh, and, and it's because we, you know, we, we, still, we have memories, we have intellects. Those don't go away. But one of the things that we believe is that God will continually pour out, uh, as the psalm says, the, the light of his countenance. So if you can imagine, there is no time in heaven, but if you can imagine growing in a deeper love for God and a mm-hmm. deeper understanding of everything that he has done throughout lived time and a deeper uh, love for how things have come about in, in the moment that you're in his presence, that perhaps is a, be- a good way to understand, yeah. to, to have kind of a, uh, an opening up of our intellect. There are so many things that are closed to us, but to be able to see how God's hand has been active throughout salvation history and into eternity, that's part of the way that our intellects will delight yeah. in the countenance of the Lord. Yeah. Um, our relationships, too, um, there, there is no giving or taking in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Because marriage is a sacrament. It's a sign of something to come. And so we will have perfect interpersonal communion with, well, everyone who has mm-hmm. ever been, you know, everyone who has ever been. And that's why we should also want our spouses, our friends, our loved ones to be with us in heaven. You know, even though we will not experience the pain of separation from them in heaven if they are in hell, um, we will note their absence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is something that, uh, that we, we don't want. We don't mm-hmm. want to be absent from our loved ones. And yeah. so it's important to pray for them, to pray, uh, to pray for the souls in purgatory too, you know. Um, and then perhaps finally, will heaven be boring? Does all no. of this sound boring? No. The answer is no. This is not a yes and no. No, it's just no. <laughs> this is just a plain old no. <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah, it won't be boring. Because, yeah. if, again, if you're thinking about heaven as, as constantly active, constantly on the move, constantly moving like, like the fires of flame, then, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, Le- is what, it is what we are made for. That's right. You know? and right. So 
You have made us for our, yourself, O Lord, yeah. and our hearts are restless this until they rest in thee. And to, to think about heaven as not being restless, but resting in the Lord, but at the same time being active. Yeah. Leah in the chat wants to know, uh, our students want to know that if we behold the beatific vision, we also know our friends and family in heaven. Yeah, yeah. we will. In fact, better than you ever could here That's on right, earth. That's right, because yeah. we will know them fully. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and without any sort of reserve. And, yeah. and that's one reason to, to want to achieve heaven, right? Is so that you can be at a depth of relationship that ultimately is veiled. You mm-hmm. know, there are so many things in our own relationships that are veiled. We don't know about each other. And so if you can imagine learning to love and know your friends and your family at a level that is the level of God's knowledge of them, yeah. Yeah. then that's something that, that we should desire for mm-hmm. sure. Um, my goodness. Well, as you can imagine, we could probably talk about heaven for a long time, oh, yeah. uh, and, and 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 it's it's always good too because I think about like when um, when Augustine got to spend time with Monica after his conversion, and they spoke about the things of heaven and their desires for heaven. I think about Scholastica and Benedict, and whenever uh, she was able to convince him to stay mm-hmm. at the monastery for a little while longer by calling down a storm so mm-hmm. he couldn't get back to his monastery. Um, the, the rule talks about how uh, he talked. they talked about the things of heaven. And that's always important for us is that we as, as Christians should be able to desire those conversations, not just to talk about like gossip, mm-hmm. but to talk about our hopes for heaven because we are called to help each other. Mm-hmm. We're called to be companions for that journey. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, part of, that's part of living is mm-hmm. to want to seek the things of heaven even now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't get to do our picks of the week, but that's okay because we'll keep them on standby. Um, but that's why you know you have a good show, right? Yeah. Is whenever we don't have time for Picks of the Week. As always, Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, by listeners, by prayer warriors, by benefactors like you. If you want to become an official undergrounder, Jeff, they can just go over to catholicundergroundcom slash donate. That's it. That's the one. There you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, help us out, too, by letting others know uh, about Catholic Underground. Mm-hmm. And remember to like us, heart us, star us on uh, your platform of choice and uh, and podcasting service. And if, yep. you, if you can leave a review, say something uh, say something kind. That's right. That would be nice. Yeah. And you can do it in all caps. We yeah. won't look. Ah, that's good. true. Yeah. yeah. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Higgins yes. at <laughs> khiggins626 on Instagram. Is yep. that right? Cat Higgins. Cat Higgins. Cat, yeah. Oh, dear. Sorry. That's all right. What can I do? Whenever you change learning. those. Yeah. <laughs> We're all getting used to this. At least Olivia. I don't have a whole bunch of dots in mine. Uh, okay. Uh, it's been years at this point. Uh, the .real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. Olivia Galino, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Jeff Blackwell is our technical director at Jeff Blackwell Us on Twitter. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, it's a pleasure. And I'm dotless, by the way. He is dotless. Ed Ball <laughs> is our video director. He has none of the social medias. Uh, and Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me, I'm Father Chris Decker at Digital Catholic on Twitter and Instagram. And you have been listening to the Catholic Underground, cutting through the noise. You can find that still small voice. We will see you next time. the cat.
Conflict Underground. Did you know most women who see their baby on ultrasound choose life? I'm Allison Millette, CEO of Women's New Life Clinic. We offer free services for women in unplanned pregnancies, including pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, professional counseling, and abortion pill reversal, as well as low-cost women's health care. Please support women in need at womansnewlife.com slash donate. I'm Jeff Blackwell, Director of Operations for Catholic Community Radio. We're grateful for your prayers and financial support as this apostolate grows. My prayer is that you have a Christmas wrapped in the love of Jesus, our Savior. I'm Scott L. Smith, estate planning attorney, and I'm an underwriter of Catholic Community Radio. I help individuals, families, and businesses with estate planning and successions, creating wills, trusts, and powers of attorney with offices in Baton Rouge and New Roads. I'm a husband, father of five, Catholic author, and chairman of the Men of the Immaculata. I'm attorney Scott L. Smith. You can reach me at 225-718-5334 and on the web at smithlawfirmla.com. Louisiana Bar Association, ad family number LA21-12335. Keeping watch with you this Advent until the coming of our Savior at Christmas. WPYR 1380 AM Baton Rouge and WPYR LP 105.9 FM.